Welcome to the ASHG Genetically Speaking podcast. ASHG is producing this mini-series as part of their work to support the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine's Roundtable on Genomics and Precision Health. I'm Eli Robertson, co-hosting with Michelle Penny, and today we're going to talk about the Dialogue Working Group. Thanks, Eli. I'm Michelle Penny, and I would like to introduce Nikki Sideropoulos, who is going to talk to us about the Dialogue Working Group on the Roundtable. Nikki, please introduce yourself. My name is Nikki Sideropoulos, and I am here representing the Dialogue Work Group of the Roundtable on Genomics and Precision Health. And I am an associate professor of pathology and laboratory medicine at the University of Vermont Larner College of Medicine and the medical director of the Genomic Medicine Program at the University of Vermont Medical Center. I'm trained as an anatomic and clinical pathologist with my subspecialty training and board certification in molecular genetic pathology. So I'm very much in the academic medical world and I spend the majority of my time building and sustaining genomics in the clinical laboratory for clinical care. So I'm delighted to be here today. Thank you, Nikki. Welcome. And and thank you for taking the time to talk to us about the important work of the, the dialogue group on the roundtable. So when the roundtable uh, started to develop its strategic plan back in 2020, this was a, a very deliberate focus on communication for the group. And it was really the first time the group had focused on communication. Why was it so important for this group? To, to become established as part of that strategic plan and what need is it filling and how? Yeah, that's a great question um, and, a, and a very good point about the deliberate focus on communication. Roundtables at the National Academies are convening activities that consist of members from across sectors and disciplines that touch and impact a core concept. And in this case, we're talking about genomics and precision health. Our group shares a core belief that success of a roundtable is highly dependent on effective communication and dialogue with a community of participants and stakeholders um, representing areas and sectors when it comes to genomics and precision health, such as research, clinical care, the laboratory, industry, and policy. In the 2020 strategic planning process for the Roundtable on Genomics and Precision Health, members charted a path forward and established guiding principles that included but weren't limited to the consistent creation of an inclusive and optimistic environment for discussion and sharing trustworthy information. Members also developed four action-oriented focus areas designed specifically to optimize the roundtable's impact on the field. The dialogue group therefore emerged with the goal of accelerating uh, dissemination of actionable knowledge um, to uh, one, um, shape the practice of genomics and precision health, and two, um, increase public awareness. But also, um, this group was designed to inform and influence how decisions are made across the roundtable's broad stakeholder community. So the group is um, charged with continual development and implementation of a communication infrastructure within and across the working groups of the roundtable with the aim to increase awareness, transparency, and accountability to the roundtable's commitment to action. Um, as defined through the 2020 strategic planning process. 
The dialogue group organized a webinar that was held in the fall of 2021 and was an ancillary event to the ASHG annual meeting. What was the goal of the webinar that you all put together and what did you discuss and did you think that you were successful in reaching your message? Yeah, sure. So that particular webinar event in 2021 um, was designed to introduce a broader audience of those in the field of genetics and genomics and precision health to the work of the roundtable, you know, in this in this particular field. The webinar included a keynote talk from Vince Bonham that was focused on accelerating genomic advances for all, you know, all people out there. And he specifically highlighted the mission of the roundtable, which is to bring together diverse voices to encourage innovation and actions that foster the wide adoption and equitable access to the benefits of genomics and precision health. Vence further linked this mission to what equity in genomics and precision health looks like, and along the way was able to highlight the work of, that the roundtable has done in this area. For example, things such as holding workshops on improving diversity in the genomics workforce and also understanding disparities in access to genomic medicine. And then his keynote was followed by brief reactions from fellow roundtable members uh, Mira Irons of the Adoption Working Group and Joyce Tung of the Innovation um, Working Group. And the event then ended with time for questions and an open dialogue with the community in attendance. Our group, I think, in the roundtable at large felt that this was a successful event. We had in attendance 183 participants, of which 80 percent um, were only somewhat or not at all familiar um, with the roundtable before the event. So that was one of our benchmarks of success. Nikki, in, in June um, of last year, the, the Dialogue Group um, hosted a, a, a webinar uh, specifically with, with journalists from a variety of um, media sources. Why was this event important and um, what were some of the key issues and takeaways that emerged from those discussions? Yes, you're you're referring to uh, the hybrid workshop. It was um, a views and voices session, which was designed to discuss and explore reporting on genetics, genomics, and uh, precision health. And so, I think some background information may shed light on why um, the dialogue group felt this topic was important to address. As our group met throughout the height of the COVID nineteen pandemic to actualize our charge, uh, we collectively felt we were tuning into what we perceived as a crisis in credibility, where sources of information classically viewed as authoritative were being called into question and perhaps even vilified at times across both public and professional sectors. We um, unanimously agreed that it is generally good to have credible sources of rigorous scientific information to develop a common understanding of challenges that then form the basis for development and execution of related solutions. So um, it was COVID, I think, for us in a way that amplified how we were feeling about how genomics and precision health were reported for decades. We collectively acknowledged missteps in the field that included, but certainly are not limited to um, things such as eugenics and the treatment of racial and ethnic minorities and research. We also talked about the hype of the Human Genome Project and, and perhaps some of the harm that the hype 
uh, did to the field. More recently, things such as corporate fraud, right, as highlighted in the Theranos case and also misinformation uh, that's that's out there about the benefits of genomics is highlighted in, in some more recent reporting on pre- and perinatal testing. And so these examples um, uh, for us incorporated a variety of challenges in the reporting and communication about genomics and precision health to the public, to healthcare providers, to administrators and policymakers. And ultimately, what concerned the dialogue group um, as a whole is is the potential distrust in these audiences, um, especially given our collective acknowledgement that genomics and precision health will continue to produce advances. And these advances will, in, in one way, shape, or form, uh, impact human health. And so this event um, that occurred in June the, uh, of 2022, the Views and Voices session, um, created, it was our our aim, and I think we achieved this, we created an inclusive and optimistic environment to discuss with experienced journalists um, the perceived crisis and credibility of science within genomics and precision health um, with, with the aim to optimize communication of credible information from our field to both public and professional sectors. And so in the session, it was very clearly addressed that while the field of genomics and precision health has changed significantly over the past several decades, so in fact has the field of journalism, particularly with the shift to digital journalism and its related incentives. Um, so so some of this, the key points from that day um, also included that News uh, is not designed to track incremental advances, which is really, in general, how science unfolds over time. Um, and then depending on the audience, uh, readership uh, or consumers of, of uh, you know, uh, journalistic uh, documents may not be interested, perhaps, in the deep dive into the science, but rather in medical and societal implications of genomics and precision health and how could we do that better. Um, also that journalists may have a bias towards outlier cases and what gets missed then is perhaps the typical or average situations. And so how do we how do we uh, uh, manage that? And, and that a system to monitor uh, impacts of genomics and precision health is is maybe missing out there and and perhaps, this could be a, re a reason uh, to explore further why public and professional sectors are losing faith. There's no benchmark. Um, and, and, and the last point I'll make um, is that clear definitions of success in, in this field of genomics and precision health um, could be valuable uh, to help, again, benchmark benefits to human health over time and perhaps lend some structure to journalists who are reporting in this field. I think that raises some interesting issues of how the reporting on genomics is certainly imperfect and misinformation, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic, was very active. And how do we try to rectify that, especially when the public may not understand what's happening in genomics and policymakers that are writing the laws may not understand the technology all that well? How can people who are not part of the roundtable, just the the people that are part of the genomics and precision medicine community help to contribute to some solutions to all those issues you raised. Sure, sure. And and the community, you know, the 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 
stakeholders and the the members of the roundtable are included in that community, uh, and and the community at large, right? Um, uh, how how could we work together um, to to contribute to some of these solutions? And and this is just you know we're just scratching the surface here, but you know this is a great follow up question. Um, and in the open dialogue with the guest speakers that day, um, several ideas were discussed, um, and and perhaps uh, worth mentioning some of them, and of course not limited to these. Um, you know, the suggestion for community members um, at large communicating scientific findings, um, there was there was an urge for them to do so in a way that's clearly free from jargon um, when when speaking with journalists or members of the public. Um, and additionally, it was suggested that, you know, when uh, when a community member is completing an interview with a journalist, um, that it's always important to ask, the journalists to read back their takeaways to ensure that content is aligned with actual points intended by the communicator. Um, and some of these seem really basic, um, but they were certainly good reminders. And also, I think we heard loud and clear that community members, um, uh, you know, must be careful not to overpromise and ensure timelines are clearly communicated as not to overhype a technology or treatment that in actuality may not be available for years to come. Um, and, and the scientific community was also uh, advised to consider how to better communicate with regard to closing gaps between what's possible scientifically um, and the hype around that versus what's actually accessible, what actually happens um, where where uh, in in the clinic, if you will, where the rubber meets the road, where people actually access you know genomics and precision health um, uh, in in their their particular lives. Um, and finally, uh, journalists urged uh, community members to develop rapport with journalists that can be um, a basis for open dialogue and bilateral education. And that was that was a really um, uh, highlight for me of the day, this that everyone was open to bilateral education and, and dialogue. And so, for instance, right, um, for journalists that, uh, you know, a reminder, uh, science is incremental uh, and nearly all reportable findings um, in, in science, you know, really, they could be considered sometimes provisional, if you will, and, and thereby taking time uh, to work with journalists to give the reportable findings proper context, and that could go a long way. And on the flip side, for scientists, um, you know, there's an opportunity to educate scientists about how media works, um, and thereby um, uh, work with journalists to accurately report findings and proper significance um, uh, within within the world of how media works as well. Great, thanks, Nikki. So um, it's clear that the group has had a, a very successful uh, last couple of years. Um, the webinars and the Views and Voices sessions have obviously made an impact. So what work is next for the dialogue group? Yeah, um, yeah, it, it, we, we have, we have uh, I think, had, had a couple successful years behind us and um, we're very much looking forward to uh, the work that's ongoing now and, and upcoming. And so, um, you know, the uh, 
I think I think the work that's currently ongoing and upcoming ties back to, of course, one of the major aims of the dialogue group, which is to accelerate dissemination of actionable knowledge that can shape practice of genomics and precision health and to raise public awareness of this field. Um, the dialogue group is actively engaged with the other uh, working groups, as well as the steering committee of the roundtable, as it continually works to develop and implement communication infrastructure across this roundtable um, with the aim to increase awareness um, and transparency and accountability to the roundtable's commitment to action. Um, so that's always uh, ongoing work. Um, and as noted in the current strategic plan, um, the success of, of a roundtable is highly dependent on effective communication. And so the work of the dialogue group is ongoing um, in regards to how best to facilitate communication um, and best disseminate the work of the roundtable uh, for broader impact. And so that's some of the background work that's happening um, all the time on an ongoing basis. Um, I should also mention and and I'm, I'm excited to mention um, an upcoming event on June 28th, um, 2023, uh, where the dialogue group will join the National Society of Genetic Counselors for a webinar focused on equity in genomics and precision health, um, while also shedding light on the work of the roundtable. Um, the session is uh, uh, going to be titled Realizing the Full Potential of Health um, for all through genomics and precision health um, with an aim to uh, particularly uh, uh, discuss the important role of genetic counselors in equitable access to genetic and genomic testing and follow-up care. We've structured the sessions, hopefully, so that participants will be able to define what equity in genomics and precision health looks like and for the participants to understand barriers and challenges to achieving um, health equity. And then finally, and even further out, the dialogue group is looking to hold a similar session on the work of the roundtable in genomics and precision health at the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. And so hopefully more to come on that one. Well, Nikki, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us about the work of the dialogue group. And we look forward to seeing what's next. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with the Dialogue Working Group. Join us next time and we'll talk with the Innovation Working Group.